Good morning, everyone. Let's stand together as we praise the Lord here this morning in praise. Amen. Our first song says it all. We're going to see a victory. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to try. My God will never fail. Let me hear you say that together. My God will never fail. That's right. I'm going to see a victory. church. This is the mystery of the ages. He takes what the enemy and he turns it for good. We are hard pressed but never crushed.
this morning. We're ready for a victory, right? Let's just sit back in his presence this morning. He is so good. He takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it for good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are so good and you love us. Thank you that we can just sit back in your presence and worship you.
every breath that we take is a gift. The next breath that you take is a gift from his hand. So let us use that gift as a way of praising our Lord Jesus, who is above all names. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. You are above every name. Your authority is unquestioned. Extend our faith. Extend and grow our faith to let your authority grow in every part of our life. Because at your word, at your word, Creation knows the voice that spoke into the void, the breath that brought the dust to life and sang the stars to form. The darkness fears your voice. that drove it back before. prevail and strongholds not be moved will spirits not be silenced and cower at his rule for if my God is for me then what have I to fear 
and I will not deny him the glory that is his. Will heaven not prevail? Y'all see it with us. And strongholds not be moved. Yes. Will spirits not be silent? They will. For if my God is for me, then what have I to fear? And I will not deny Him glory that is His. Heaven will prevail. Strongholds will be moved. Spirits will be silenced. And cower at His rule. I know my God is for me. His authority. seated. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of your Son, we stand on that word, one word from God that can change our lives forever. The one word from you that can change our trajectory. That one word from you that can define our destiny. We lean into, we believe into, we trust you, we trust what you're up to. We trust that you're at work even when things don't appear to be working, you're working. You are always at work. And even as Peter, all he needed was one word from Jesus to get out of that warm, safe, comfortable boat and walk on water. And it was one word that changed everything. One word that caused gravity to be defied. The laws of physics to be defied. The laws of this, that govern this earth, this planet, to be defied by one word when you said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water. He did what could not be done. Come and see what can't be done. And so, Lord, we honor you. We honor you. And even today, we lean into that one word. What is that one word that you want to speak to us? That one word you want to speak to our heart. That one word you want to speak to our spirit. That one word you want to speak into our mind. That one word. We're listening, Lord. We're listening. We know you're speaking. 
You're always speaking. Your word is always going out. So, Father, whether it's a, a word in a prayer, a word in a song, a word that is teached in a teaching or a word that happened in the hallway, whatever it is, Lord, would you deliver your one word to each one of us that we will walk away with one word and that upon your authority, upon your authority, we'll step out. We love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Well, good morning, family. My name's Jimmy. I am the lead pastor here at the bridge and want to welcome you out this morning. I'm telling you, you jumped on a moving train this morning. We've already had a party in the first service. So, uh, man, thanks. Welcome to the party. We're already having it. My mentor, Dr. Jack Taylor, always, he at 84 years old, will get up in a pulpit, and the first thing that comes out of his mouth is this, the kingdom is a party. And so I'm thinking if he thinks the kingdom is a party at 84, I'm all in. Amen? Amen. God is good, somebody. And all the time. Good. good. You got it. You got it, Steve. Well, it's great to see everybody. Again, I'm the lead pastor here. I want to welcome you to the bridge. If you're a first-time guest, we're especially excited that you're here. We're happy that everybody's here, but especially first-time guests. Got to meet some amazing new folks in the first service. And also, if you're watching online, thank you for joining us. And we're glad that you're here. Even if you're at home, follow along. The words are on the screen. So sing with us. Join us. And just know we're going to be uh, celebrating communion in just a bit. If you want to get your communion elements and be ready and participate just like you're here, even though you're probably in your PJs. So enjoy it, and we're glad for you, but thank you for joining us. And also, if you have any prayer needs, feel free to write in. You see on the screen, uh, info at bridgefbg.com. You can send your prayer requests in. We'll get those, and we'll get those to our prayer team. We'll pray over you, pray for you, and help you fight the good fight of faith. And that goes for all of us here, too. Before we welcome our first-time guests, if you have any prayer needs, prayer requests, uh, you can go to the Connect Center at the end of the service, and there are prayer cards laying right there. Fill one out, and you can put it in any of the black boxes that you see around the worship center or out in the hallway as well. And we'd love to pray for you and stand with you and help you. So for our first-time guests, we always like to welcome first-time guests with a hand clap. So welcome. And then also, because we love first-time guests, we have these nifty, amazing bags right here full of stuff. And so if you want to know what's in them and you'd love to have one of these, we want to get one to you. So all you need to do is stop by the Connect Center on your way out, and you fill out a Connect card, and our amazing host will give you one of these amazing bags. So that's how you can get one. And then just to let you know what's going on, we always want to pray for our VIPs. These are our very important people. These cards are also available right there at the Connect Center. You can pick one up on your way out. There's seven blanks on each side. VIP stands for very important people. And we, every Sunday, take time to pray for the important people in our lives. And so there's seven blanks on one side. Those that are praying, we're praying for a reconnect. Maybe they've gotten away from the Lord. Maybe just life has happened. For whatever reason, they're not walking with him. They're not connected. We want to pray for them. So fill that out with those that are in your orbit, in your relational orbit. And then you can pray for them on an ongoing basis. We'll do it every Sunday. And then on the other side, we're praying for those for salvation. We want to see people come to Christ. Amen? We want to see people find the truth that makes them free. In fact, this week, as of four weeks, we'll have celebrated over 20 baptisms this last four weeks because God is working and God is moving. Amen? So... 
We want to continue to pray that revival, harvest, spiritual awakening will happen right here. As the world waxes worse, the church rises up. It's really our finest hour, family. So don't live in fear. Don't succumb to that. It's our finest hour as the church of Jesus. There are micro-movements happening all over the world right now. God is on the move. And guess what? We're one right here. Why not here? Why not now? Why not us? Amen? So we want to pray for people to be saved. So that's seven on each side. And if you need two cards, get two cards. Get as many as you need, and we're going to pray for those. So if you have your VIP card, pull it out. Let's pray for them right now. We're also going to pray for the churches that are meeting in our community because we have a community full of amazing churches that we want to bless and speak life over. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we lift up these very important people. We recognize, Lord, that all lives matter to you. Every life on this card matters. Every life matters. So we hold them up. We call their names before you, even as we've written them out, Lord. And we ask you, God, to move in their lives. We ask you, Father, would you orchestrate events and circumstances on their behalf that they will be drawn closer to you, that some will come to a full-on relationship with you, maybe for the first time, and be saved, be born again, and come to know you. And the others, Lord, will come back home, come back to you in this place of a reconnect with you. So that's our prayer. And for the churches that are gathering all over Fredericksburg and the Texas Hill Country and our surrounding communities, Father, we speak blessing and life and peace. We declare no fear over them in the name of Jesus. We pray that the gospel will go out clear as a clarion call this morning in every pulpit and that many will come to know the truth that makes them free. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen. I love doing that. And so also to let you know, remember, on November 1st, we're having our volunteer appreciation dinner. The beauty of it is, is that all of you that serve and, and are such a blessing to our church, um, you get to come do nothing but eat a lot of good food. We have a lot of things planned for you, and we want to just love on you and say thank you for everything you do. We did this two years ago. As of now, and it, by the way, the door's closed on registration. We told you. We meant it. So uh, it's... 139 people. We have 139 registered to come. We're going to have a blast, and we're serving prime ribs. So it's going to be amazing. Sorry if you didn't sign up this year. Next year, we'll see. We'll do it again, all right? So just want to remind you of that. Also, let you know, this is a big deal. So next week is daylight savings time. Can I get a hallelujah? So, because I'm tired of it being dark 30 at 7.30. Anybody else? It's so weird to me. So anyway, we fall back. Remember, you spring forward and say it. Fall back. Now, don't forget, if you have an iPhone, and I don't know if Android does this, but iPhones, uh, not a bump on Android, but maybe a little. But I know iPhones, iPhones automatically do it, so you don't have to worry. Your alarm will go off at the time it's supposed to, so I'm sure Android does it too. But Sorry, Michael McClellan. Um, and then also just announce at the end of the service, we've got, we did three video baptisms in the first service, and it was glorious seeing three amazing people. All of them have an amazing story of what God's done in their life. So we shared that. We'll share the same three video baptisms because one was a river. Uh, no, 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 that was last week. What do we got? Two swimming pools and a river. Is that right? Yeah, two swimming pools and a river. I'm losing count. It's getting fuzzy, but... And we've got that going on. And then also we're baptizing six people here. Seven? Seven people here and maybe more. Because I have a feeling there's somebody here who said, 
man, I wanted to do that. I should have signed up. I didn't. Listen, we got a t-shirt for you. We got towels for you. And you can go home wet, bring the towel back later, take it with you. But if you're ready today to step over the line, push your chips to the middle of the table with Jesus, we'll make room for you. And we're going to do it at the end of the service, so we'll have plenty of time to get ready. So be thinking about that all through the service, because I have a feeling we're going to have more than seven at the end of today. So it's going to be an amazing time. Amen? Amen. All right, so we want to celebrate something I love to do every week, and that's communion, where we celebrate our union with Jesus. When Jesus was with his disciples, he said, whenever you come together like this, in this spirit of koinonia, fellowship, agape, phileo, all those amazing love words. When you're together like this, he said, I want you to remember me. And as he was with them, of course, they didn't know what was coming. They, they were celebrating in true Jewish fashion. Oh, you can imagine the conversations going around that table where they're telling each other, use your sanctified imagination to go there with me. He, he's saying to them, can, you do you remember when Jesus raised Lazarus and how he came hopping out of the tomb like a mummy? Like he's just hopping because he was wrapped up in his grave clothes. And can you imagine him having a laugh about that? And also just a sense of the awesome presence of God and the move of God and the power of God. And then can you imagine the time when they were with Jesus and they were telling the story? Do you remember that time when Jesus commissioned us to go out two by two? And then when we got back, Jesus said this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Do you remember that, Peter? Peter's like, do I remember it? Do you remember the time when I walked on water? And they're like, yeah, you walked on water, but you also nearly drowned, remember? And so you can imagine how sitting around a table, they told and in Jewish fashion retold the stories and remembered. And as they remembered, their faith was built and stirred and they would celebrate. So I have a feeling the last supper wasn't dark and ominous like it's been portrayed in movies and paintings. I have a feeling there was a celebrative spirit because that was the nature of their culture, festive and alive. And in the context of that, Jesus took some elements. Now listen, if you don't have the elements and you would like to participate today, all are welcome at the table of Jesus. If you would, slip up your hand, and we have those ready in the back already, and they'll bring those right to you. So just raise your hand high enough so they can see you, and they'll get these elements to you. For those of you online, join us. You get the elements right there at home and, and participate with us. We welcome you, and by the way, all are welcome at Jesus' table. Now, for those of you who already have those, if you'll peel the top layer first, the clear layer, and then you can peel the gold layer carefully, and you'll be ready to go. So just keep your hand up high. They'll get those to you. They're working their way around right now. Over here, got some in the center. <laughs> Coming your way. Beautiful. Fantastic. All right, we've still got some right over here. Great, we'll get them to you. So when Jesus was with his disciples on that night, and you can imagine how he felt knowing what was about to happen, even though they didn't know the full ramification of that night. He saw them fellowshipping, and he just says to them, when you come together like this, I want you to remember me. And this morning... I sometimes eavesdrop on you, not your conversations, don't, um, don't get creepy. 
I eavesdrop on the noise level in this building. And I was down here talking to a new couple between services. And as you were coming in, you know what I heard? I heard laughter. I heard joy. I heard high fives. I heard people excited about it. It's like a family reunion. And I listen. I listen for the noise. I call it the buzz factor. And this morning as you came in, there was a high buzz factor. There's always a higher buzz factor in the second than the first because you've had your coffee and you've been up and, and about. And yet in our first service, we had such life and such joy. But thank you. You don't even know it, but you ministered to me when you came in and because there was this high anticipation, this buzz factor, this life. Jesus with his disciples was taking in the life that was happening. He said, when you're together, do this. Remember me. And what he did, he took a piece of bread, which was actually unleavened, a matzah bread, and not quite like this, but similar. And he took it and he said, this is my body given for you. And then he took a goblet of wine and he held it up and it was red, I'm assuming, because he said, this is my blood. It's going to be poured out for you for the forgiveness of many sins. So with the bread, his body, the wine, his blood, he said, I'm laying it all down for you. You do know they didn't kill him. He laid his life down. No man could take his life. He gave his life willingly for you and me. And he prayed over it. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of your son. It's in that name that we come together. And in that name, we remember Jesus. We remember what you did for us, not only in your life, but what you were willing to do in your death. And, oh, we celebrate your resurrection. And the fact that now you are seated at the right hand of the Father and we who are in Christ have been raised up together with you and seated with you in heavenly places. Not someday, but now. I'm so grateful for who you are. We love you. We remember you. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. You can receive the elements. We'll have some folks coming by. They'll have some trash cans, and you can put those in there. As they're making their way around, I'm going to ask our young ones that are going to be going to Bridge Kids classes, would you all stand to your feet right where you are? Don't take off yet. Just stand up. And what we want to do, we always want to be intentional in praying for the next generation, praying that God will cover and guard their destiny, that they will not get knocked off of their trajectory in Christ, that the enemy will have no foothold in their lives. Amen? Can we agree together for the next generation and pray for them? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful for our students, our young people, these children, and we bless them. We speak life over them, hope over them, Lord, destiny over them, that, Lord, you will guard and protect their destiny and that we will steward them well. As fathers, as mothers, as church family, we will steward their destiny well. We lift up our team that are over them and that are teaching them and volunteering and blessing them. Lord, thank you that we have life leakers and life givers over our children and we bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Can we bless our children as they go? They're heading out. 
Another thing we like to do in the context of worship is practice generosity. And we're so blessed in our church. And we're so thankful. Many of you are so faithful to consistently give and consistently bless. And now we're going to ask you to do something. And uh, if you, you can look up on the screen, let's go ahead and put that slide up. There's ways to give. We have three different ways to give. And uh, you can see that on the screen. There it is. And so there, there's how you can give online through text or through our app, which you can see it's called Church Center. And then all you do after you download Church Center is you go to Bridge uh, Church, Fredericksburg, Texas. And uh, that'll lock that into your app. And you, that'll, it's kind of all things, that's your portal for all things Bridge. But I want to just say thank you so much for your faithfulness and your giving. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I've been asking you to do this every time. And I don't want to undersell or under-promote the importance of blessing your offering. And so what we do is we ask you to get up during worship in just a moment and go to any of the black boxes you see, and you can put your offering in there. But I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to speak a blessing over it. I know that may sound foreign or different, but there are words are powerful. Amen. And we just saying that on one word, in his authority, everything changes. We have the ability to shift things under his authority and with a word. And so I want to ask you to bless this offering that it will go for the transformation of lives and for the shifting and changing of our culture. You have to say it just like that. Just say, Lord, would you bless this offering and bless it before you give it. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. And it means so much more when we give on purpose and with purpose. Amen. I want to pray. In fact, why don't we go ahead and stand to our seat or stand in our seats. <laughs> From where we're sitting, I've said way too much. I'm tired. So stand up where you are. That's much better. Don't stand in your seats. I want to pray over our offering. And as you give today, we're also going to worship and enjoy this time together. And you'll be released to go give your offering after we pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We bless you. And we bless this offering, Lord, truly for the transformation of lives and for the advancement of your kingdom right here, right now, when heaven invades this earth. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. Let's worship.
Please be seated if you would, and we're going to turn the lights on. There'll be a brief moment of pain, and then it'll go away. How many of you think the world needs Jesus? Oh, you know what? The 9 o'clock service actually shouted y'all down just a little bit. How many of you think the world needs Jesus? Okay, that's, that's way better. I'm telling you, that's a little scary when the 9 o'clock out shouts you. Just saying. So anyway, that was a little bit of a setup. It's so good to see everybody. God is doing so many things. There are micro-movements happening all over the world. One thing I do want to pray about, Sean Foyt and his team, Let Us Worship, are going to be on the Washington Mall today, this evening, doing a worship service at 5 o'clock. This is kind of culminating about a 45-city tour that they have done where they have done these worship events all over the place in some of the darkest, toughest, deepest, <laughs> dankest places that are happening right now in America. And yet they've been showing up, and they've been drawing crowds of anywhere from seven to 15,000 people when they were in Kerrville, what, three weeks ago? 
uh, up on this incredible where the where the empty cross garden prayer garden is. Over six thousand people attended that prayer event. We were there right in the big fat middle of it, loving every second of it and celebrating Jesus with people from all groups, all denominations. I mean every flavor. I mean it was Baskin Robbins for the kingdom right there. There was there was everything you could imagine there. We were so blessed to watch over 100 baptisms right there in front of us because we were strategically positioned right in front of the fountain. In fact, some of our own got baptized there. Three or four of our own got baptized there, and we showed that video two weeks ago, I think. So this week, we're going to have three videos that are local, and then we're going to have seven, at least, baptisms here at the end of the service. We're going to celebrate with that. Now, God is moving right now. Here's the question for you. Are you moving with him? See, when the Israelites left Egypt, and everybody's like, woohoo, we're free from Egypt, and here they go, right? Now what? Well, we're not sure. We're just going to follow this cloud, and we're going to call it's going to be a, a cloud by day, it's going to be a fire by night, and wherever the pillar of cloud or the pillar of, of fire goes, we're going to follow it. Well, when do we know? We, we're going to go when it goes. Or better said, we're going to go when he goes. And we're going to go where he leads us. And so we know the story, many of us, maybe not. But over 40 years, they were wandering in the wilderness following the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And you say, why 40 years? Because here's the thing. It was only an 11-day journey. Think about it. They could have made that journey in 11 days, and it took them 40 years. Why? Because they weren't willing to do what he asked. They weren't willing to go when he said go. They weren't willing to move when he said move. And they literally, through their disobedience, shut down the ability to be there in 11 days. An entire generation had to pass away, and it was horrible. It was a terrible thing had to pass away before it could even get over into the promised land. Now, why do I share that? It's because of this. I don't want to be like them. If God is on the move, I want to move with him. If God is up to something, I want to be up to whatever that is. Amen? Yeah. Here's, make no mistake, God is moving, friends. And here's the question, do you want to move with him? Amen. Do you want to go with him? You ever watch anyone try to stop a wave in the ocean? It's not pretty. I told this story before. I have to tell the story on one of my students. I was a youth pastor in Southern California, took all these kids to the beach, record waves that day. It was terrible, and it was fun but bad because it was a lot of rescues, and that's all I'm going to say. We didn't lose any life, but we did lose a lot of blood. One situation was, here I am, the youth pastor, right? And I've got, what, 60, 70 students at a beach on record wave day, scary in Southern California, Corona Del Mar, this young man who had been the biggest troublemaker in my youth group, remember him? This kid drove me crazy. I don't know if y'all have ever had anybody like that in your life, but I'm telling you, this kid made my job work constantly. And he was one of those kids whose parents thought he was so amazing that he could never do wrong, so I could never actually engage this conversation. <laughs> and then I got my revenge one day at the beach during record waves. So we're, we're at the beach, and everybody's, it's bad. Everybody's getting towed in by Baywatch and all. I mean, it's just like, it's one of those days where I'm like, oh, Lord, please don't let us lose anybody. And the undertows were horrible, and 
rip currents, all that was terrible. So I noticed this kid is standing in about waist-high water, and, and the waves have been coming in really strong. They come in in cycles, and there had been hardly any coming in. So he's standing there not noticing that the cycle was building, and there's this big monster wave coming. And he's got a boogie board in front of him like this, and somebody calls his name, and, he, and I actually heard it because I heard him call his name. And I look over at him, and I see his, his boogie board's like this. The wave is coming at him. And I'm thinking, this is about to end badly for him. And sure enough, about the time he looked around, that wave hit that boogie board. And it was as though, somebody may remember this name, Muhammad Ali in his prime. George Foreman in his prime. I mean, this is, this is like somebody had hit this kid flat in the nose, punched him out. And I mean, literally, I don't, I've seen bloody noses, but I've never seen instant bloody nose, like blood squirting out. It was like his nose exploded. Of course, I'm thinking if there's a shark anywhere near, he's now chum in the water. So I'm saying, get out of the water. And he's crying, ah. And I'm like, get out of the water. So we go drag him out of the water. There's blood everywhere. I'm like, get everybody out of the water. I'm thinking Jaws, right? I mean, I grew up with Jaws. We got him out. We had to get rescue come in. His nose was shattered. You know why? Because he couldn't stop the wave. You can't. Stop a wave. But you can ride a wave. God is moving right now. I mean, He is moving. And it's like wave after wave of revival is coming, wave after wave of harvest is coming. I mentioned this earlier at the end of four weeks, 20 plus baptisms, and we're just getting started. God is on the move. The waves are coming. The question is are you ready to hang 10 or do you want to try to stop it? By standing in front of it. Man, I'm saying, let's go. Let's have some fun with this. Let's catch the wave of what God is doing. And let's ride this out and see what God can do. So I grew up, I didn't grow up in church per se, but I grew up around the Baptist church. Southern Baptist. woo I went to Howard Payne University. I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Say that fast three times in a row if you can. So I, I was like Southern Baptist, Southern Fried, Southern Baptist. So I come up through that as a young person in college. And I mean, I served in little tiny Baptist churches. I would go out and preach to 15 people that were all ready to go to lunch, you know. I mean, sleepy and bored. And, and they hadn't had life in that church in decades. And, and that's, where, that's how we would cut our teeth. Or I'd go preach at nursing homes, which is always a blessing. But half the time, they were all asleep. So... I mean, or I'd play my guitar, and they'd say, hey, can you, can you play louder? I'm like, no, ma'am, it's an acoustic guitar. I'm doing the best I can. And, you know, I cut my teeth in that world, and I am so grateful for my heritage. And coming up in that heritage, man, I'm telling you, at the end of a worship service, we were going to do all nine stanzas of Just As I Am or Else. Amen. <laughs> and if no one moved, our pastors were stubborn enough to just wait and, I mean, people are looking at their watches. I mean, we're moving up close to noon. Ooh, almost noon. And we're on, like, stanza number four. So, inevitably, somebody would do a courtesy walk. You know what that means? They're just like, okay, I'll do it this week. And they'll get up and go. They go up to the right. They, get re they rededicate their lives again. You know, it was a courtesy walk. It was to get, and we're all like, thank you. Thank you. Because we know we're going to do all nine verses. Now listen, 
I am so grateful for my hair. I can laugh at it because I was in it. I was there. I was the guy playing the guitar for nine verses. I know. I was there and loved it. And it's just a part of my life and a part of my heritage that I'm thankful for. But here's the thing that I loved about my Southern Baptist heritage is that they were committed to evangelism and they were committed to people coming to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. In a personal way. What I want to share with you this morning is that this, is that God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. I don't know where you've come from. In fact, let's get the slides up there. I don't know where you've come from or what your story is per se, but I'm telling you, God wants to have a relationship with you. Now, last week we talked about this. We started down the road, finding stability in an unstable world. How many of you think the world's a little unstable right now? <laughs> Hello, watch, watch the news for 13 seconds, all right? That's all it takes, or just pull up your Facebook feed. The world is unstable right now. We are not on sure ground in this world. But how many know we have a great hope? Amen. How many know our hope isn't based in this world? Right. I mean, while CNN, Chicken Little, while Fox News, Chicken Little, while MSNBC, Chicken, while everybody's running around saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, that's all of our major news networks, right? While they're doing that and running around, God's saying, this could be your finest hour. This is when I'm ready to move. In fact, could it be that God, and I'm not saying God caused any of this. Don't go weird on me with that. Here's the deal. God will leverage. We even sang about it. He causes all things to work together for our good. Amen. He will leverage anything in our lives, any circumstance, any situation, in order to open our eyes that we may see, in order to open our ears that we may hear, in order to open our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free, he will leverage anything. He's the ultimate economist. He is the ultimate steward. And so anything that's going on in our lives actually sets up an opportunity for a move forward in the things of God. Could it be that what we're going through right now is a setup for an amazing comeback? Because we feel like we're set back, right? But it's really a setup for a comeback, and God is on the move. I'm thankful that in my Baptist churches that sometimes we waited a long time. Because inevitably, a lot of people came to know Christ. Now, in the Baptist church, I grew up in a culture where I saw a lot of young people come to Christ. A lot of, a lot of children, a lot of youth. We'd all go to youth camp. We'd all get saved again every year at youth camp. And we'd get re you know, baptized, rededicated. We'd come back all excited. But it was always seemed like young people, and I rarely saw adults stepping over the line, pushing their chips to the middle of the table to go all in with Jesus until now. I've been in this now 36-plus years, pastoring, leading churches, on staff at churches, ministry, 36-plus years, and I've never seen as many adults coming to Christ as I'm seeing right now today. You know what that tells me? God is moving in all generations right now. It's not only just about the next generation, it's about the now generation too. God wants to have a relationship with you. So I want to talk to you about that a little bit. Now take out your card. If you did not get one of these, could we get some help, guys? Thank you. Jason's got some. Amy's got some. I want you to get your bookmark. If you don't have one of these, would you just raise up your hand? We will get that to you. Just slip your hand up. We will get them to you. 
and keep them up high and they'll, they'll make their way through. We want everybody to have one of these or two or three or 20, whatever. And feel free to grab more if you want to, uh, if you think it'll help somebody in your orbit, somebody in your work, whatever, feel free to get as many. We'll make more. There's some right back there, Russ, right back by you there, buddy. All right, we're getting those to you. Keep your hands up. We're getting them to you. Amy? Amy, right over here. There you go. Thank you. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this out, and I want to talk to you about how to use this because here's the thing. We're all going through stuff, and we all have moments. I have multiple moments in moments sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Life is happening in real time right now. The world seems to have lost its, its ever-loving mind, and we're caught up in the middle of all this. So I need help. And I'm assuming if I need help, you probably need help too because we're in this thing together. And so what we did, we developed a simple tool. I did this with Bill Loveless. He helped me put it together. And we put together this little tool. He had done one template of it. I took it and sort of morphed it into our DNA. And here we have. And so we want everybody to have this. And we want you to feel free to give these away if it'll help somebody. The initial piece of this, we call it the Identity in Christ bookmark tool. It's very simple because that's what it is. We want to talk to you and help you understand who you are in Christ, who you are because of Christ, because we want you to walk out into this world with confidence. And listen, you have a story to tell, but you've got to know who you are in order to tell your story with confidence. So that's what this is about. So last week we covered a couple of things, and while we're doing that, I want to share it with you. We talked about this, our identity in Christ, and then we talked about the truth that sets us free. So the scripture I used last week was 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Isn't that awesome? And what I said last week, which is so critical, is that it's a new creation reality now. In other words, you're new in Christ right now from five seconds ago. So if you blew it 30 seconds ago, guess what? You're a new person in Christ right now. The power of living a new creation reality means that you are new and being renewed all the time. Isn't that good news? That means what you did last night is over. It's in your rearview mirror, and you now have today, this moment, and all of everything that lies ahead. That's what being a new creation is all about. And I'm telling you, you let that drop on you, you're going to get real happy about life. Now... That's our identity in Christ. Now, on the other side, it says the truth sets us free. I want you to look at that. Look at the scripture there. It's John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, listen, let me tell you what truth is. Truth is not a concept. Truth is not an ideology. And truth is not just a statement. There can be true statements, but that's not truth necessarily. Truth is a person. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the life, or the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. In other words, truth is a person, not an ideology or a concept. And he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by or through me. In other words, we go through Jesus to be reconciled or reconnected to God. We talked about that last week. Now, I want to talk about this week. I'm going to pull up mine. I was going to share a text with you, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. God desires an intimate relationship with you. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. And it is on your card and on the screen. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. 
by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I'm adopted, and I now have the name of Jesus that marks my life. We have an adopted daughter, and she's now 20 years of age, and we, we were blessed to get her at birth. She has my name. She has every legal right, access to everything that's ours, because she has been adopted into our family. All legal rights, no hindrances, no restraints, every right, everything that my birth children have, she has, because she has been adopted you, if you are in Christ, you've given your heart to him, you've stepped over the line, you've gone all in with Jesus, guess what? You are adopted into his family. It gave God great pleasure to do this. You know, there's something amazing about adoption. You know what's unique about adoption as opposed to a birth child? Is that in adoption, you're chosen. God chose you and God chose me to be connected to himself that's how much he loves us and here's the thing there are people sitting right here in this room this morning who don't know that joy who don't know that pleasure because they've never stepped over the line taken that step gone all in and said I want to go all the way with Jesus I want to go all the way. We're going to see some baptisms here in a little bit. And every person that enters into the waters of baptism, they're literally being identified with Christ. And we say it this way, buried with Christ in baptism. This is out of Romans chapter 6. Raised to walk in newness of life. It's an identification with the death and burial, but also the resurrection of Jesus. And now when they're out of that water, it's a, re, it's a symbol of a new creation. You're a new person in Christ. And not everyone in this room has been able to experience that. And we want to give you that opportunity today. Listen to what it says. He decided in advance to adopt us. In other words, there's been his plan all along. That even though the world fell because Adam and Eve had a bad moment, the world fell and we live in what's called a fallen world. But Jesus came back to reconcile us. That means reconnect us to God the Father and restore the relationship that was broken through the fall and through sin. Now, what is that called? That's called the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, the word gospel means good news. In fact, let me just give you the short form of it. Here's what happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message of Christ or the word of God. Faith comes when we hear this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stir up faith in you by sharing the gospel. Here it is in short form. Jesus, the son of God, came to this earth and he lived the life you should have lived. And he died the death you should have died in your place. Three days later, he was raised from the dead, proving that he was the Son of God. And the Bible tells us that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but will inherit eternal life. Amen. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The first time I heard that, I was in the sixth grade. I was introduced to Jesus, and, and, and I went forward in a service because that Baptist pastor could preach so hardcore, I could smell sulfur in the air, and I felt like the flames of hell were licking the bottom of my feet. I was scared. So I went forward because I was scared. Because I did not want to go to that place he was talking an awful lot about. He talked a lot more about hell than he did heaven. And so I went forward because I did not want to go to hell. And I jumped through the hoops and did what they asked me to do. Sixth grade, all the way from the back row. I had to even hand the notes I was writing off to my friends so I could get to the front because I was scared. Let me tell you something. If you came to Christ because you were scared of going to hell, let me just share this from my heart. The fear of going to hell is just like adrenaline. It won't last. It rubs off quickly. It goes away quickly. Because life happens, distraction happens, you fall back into patterns, you just get back to what you were doing. Because the fear of hell is not enough to get us to heaven. Amen. We need to be born again. We need to be transformed from the inside out into a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, son or daughter of God. We need to be adopted into his family. Nicodemus, oh, love, love Nicodemus. But Nicodemus, in his honesty, here he was a high-ranking Jewish leader, and yet he came to Jesus and said, help me understand. And they had this amazing exchange where Jesus says, one must be born again. And he says, well, I can't go back into my mother's womb. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You must be born of the Spirit. Born of the water, born of water, which is your natural birth, but then born of the Spirit. Listen, family. If you're not born of the Spirit, you're not born again. And he says, you must be born again. How do we do that? What does that mean? It means that we call on the name of Jesus. We actually repent. We turn to him. And we say, Lord, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I need you to be my Savior. I need you to be the Lord of my life. I give you my life. Save me. We turn to him. That's repentance. And we invite him in. We say, Lord, come in. Take my life. Amen. I'm seeing more adults do that now than I've ever seen. It's unprecedented. The numbers of adults that are making that, that stand, taking that step to say, I need to be born again. Unprecedented. I want our worship team to go ahead and come up here. We're going to get ready for baptism in just a few minutes. But as I, as I finish saying this, let me share one scripture. Verse 8 of Romans chapter 5. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's some of you sitting here, and I know there are some online watching as well. And in your mind and in your thinking, you mean well. Your heart is good in this sense. You're thinking, I'm going to clean myself up. And when I get my act together, then I'm going to go all in with Jesus. Then I'm going to start going to church more. I'm going to start reading the Listen, that's not how it works. That's getting the cart in front of the horse. And that is not going to work for very long. So here's the thing I want to appeal to you on. Why not get the horse in front of the cart and come to the place where you say this, Lord, here I am, warts and all, bruises and all, bumps and all, scars and all, cuts and all, junk and all. I come to you just as I am. The Baptist got it right with that hymn. Right. Just as I am. I 
am, without one plea, oh, that his blood was shed for me. They got that right. And here's the thing. Our folks are going to get ready. In fact, why don't you, those of you that are being baptized, if y'all want to get ready, you can make your way over and go ahead and get ready. We're going to set up our video baptism. But you may be here saying, well, I didn't come prepared to do this, but something is tugging me right now, and I think I need to take that step. If that's you, we want to invite you to do so. Now listen, Jason and our team are going to be over here. David's over here going to help out as well, one of our awesome elders. They're going to be here, and here's the thing. If you want to get baptized today and you're ready to go all in with Jesus, we have a T-shirt for you. You'll have to wear your pants, your jeans. We have a T-shirt for you and a towel for you if you're ready to go in today. And we're going to have a little bit of time to get ready for that because we're going to show these videos. And on the videos, here's who you're going to see. This is amazing. You're going to see um, Jaden Haby is going to get baptized in a river. Yay, river baptisms, although it's getting a little cold right now, so let's, let's slow down on that one. And uh, Jerry Weaver, we're going to watch Jerry get baptized in a swimming pool out of an amazing camp facility. And this was an awesome opportunity, Jerry, because I'd never co-baptized before, so I had the privilege of, of partnering with somebody that's had amazing impact on, on the Weaver family, uh, the director of Deer, Deer Creek Camp beautiful awesome place over by Medina and we got to co-baptize Jerry that was super cool uh, first for me and then we're also going to see Donnie Klein hey Donnie there's Donnie we're going to see Donnie get baptized I got to tell Donnie's quick story Donnie was baptized as an infant in a Lutheran church hey praise God for that man that's the church saying we want to imprint this child's life and his destiny but here's the thing. There's something called believer's baptism. And it's after you've made a conscious decision to follow Jesus. Jesus said, repent and then be saved, then be baptized. There's an order to this thing. And so believer's baptism is this. I, maybe I did get baptized. I got baptized when I was a kid. But at the age of 19, I realized I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a clue. And I now, as a young adult, I was like... I'm going all in with Jesus, and I want to mark this moment with this life. I'm going to mark this moment with this act. Baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward reality. It's an outward expression. of an, It's a picture of you being born again. And I was ready to do that at 19. Donnie was baptized as an infant right here at Holy Ghost Lutheran. We love Holy Ghost, and Bobby and the guys over there love that church. He was baptized there as an infant, but at 59 years young. He came to me and said, I want to be baptized. Now, Donnie has got some physical limitations. I said, I'll be glad to pour over you. He goes, no, 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 I did that. I did that. I want to be immersed. And I'm telling you, we moved heaven to get this done. And you're going to see that. And I thank God for the Wellness Center, Erica Benfield helped. Also is Dr. Becky Daly and Bruce. And we had a whole host of people get involved on this to make this happen. Because we also had a lot of closed doors where we couldn't get, get him baptized. But we finally did. So you're going to see that on screen. So we're going to go ahead and prepare that. Listen, if you want to be baptized today, this is your moment. This is your time. But everyone bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just extend this invitation for anybody here who's ready to step over the line and go all in. Why not now? Why not here? Why not you? Ask yourself that. Why not now? Why not here? Why not me? 
And Lord, if there's anyone here who's ready to say, I'm ready to go all in, ready to step over the line, I want to be baptized, I want to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, give them the grace and the courage to take that stand today with every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anybody here that would say, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm ready. I'm stepping in. I'm going to do it right now. Is there anybody? Just raise your hand so I can see it. I see you way in the, in the bleacher seats there. Why don't you come on forward? Come on up. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else saying, I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it now. I'm where? I see another. Wait, there's another hand somewhere. All right. Come on. Come on, Jason, I want you to talk to them, okay? Yeah. Jason will pray with them. Come on. Bless them. Anyone else? Anyone else? As Billy Graham says, the buses will wait. Anybody else? I can't say it in that Georgia accent. Anybody else? It's not too late. It's not too late. Randy, super excited for Randy getting baptized today. You're going to see their names on the screen. I'm going to help out. We've got two baptistries, so we're going to go down there. In the meantime, why don't you watch the screen? Let's enjoy the video baptisms. Cheer for them like they're here because they are. They're in the house, all right? Let's do it. Exciting time. This is one of those moments in your life that you're always going to remember, and this brings a lot of joy to my heart, seeing you get baptized and following in the footsteps of Jesus. And I'm very proud of you. Now I'm your earthly father, but now I'm also your brother in Christ, and this is really exciting. Alright. As a testament to your faith and because of your proclamation here among these witnesses. Ready? <laughs> there you go. Jaden Haby, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son. Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised anew, new life. Buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. And so, Lord, we honor and we consecrate this moment for your honor, your glory, for this family's life. In Jesus' name, amen. My brother, we baptize you, let's just say it together, in the name of the Father and of the Son. This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Never let someone walk alone. That's awesome. I think that's right. Come on, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism. Buried with Christ in baptism. In this time of desperation, all is dark, all is fear. Is only one foundation we believe. Dark, you help. 
time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only one salvation We believe morning I said the spirit is moving is the Lord calling you this morning is he calling you come on down 
Come on down. Don't miss this opportunity. Come on down. Let's sing. In this time of desperation, when all is dark, fear, there is only one foundation we believe, we believe in this broken. dark you help us see there is only one salvation there is only one salvation
I guess we have to go. Oh, my goodness. Amen. Let's do, uh, let's just do one more. We believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. Yes, we do. We believe that it conquered, it conquered death. death. God bless you all as you go. God bless you.